Kevin recently planted uh, Christ Church in Conway, um, and uh, the work there is thriving. Uh, he is also the chair of our M&A committee of our presbytery. Each presbytery has a committee. Uh, M&A stands for Missions to North America, and he is the chairman of that. It's in charge of church planting and other things here uh, in central Arkansas and in western Tennessee and in northern Mississippi and just a little bit of Missouri, right? <laughs> so so um, uh, without further ado, Kevin, if you would come introduce yourself and share with us about what God's like. So as uh, Mike said, I'm Kevin. I'm, from, uh, I'm actually from North Little Rock. I grew up actually here in Sherwood uh, over... Uh, on Calva uh, off of Country Club. If any of y'all know where that is, used to ride my bike through, I guess, what was Northside Presbyterian's parking lot, uh, going up to the Bowling Alley and uh, wherever else uh, I felt like riding my bike to. So uh, this is a little bit of a home king. My brother graduated from Sylvan Hills High School um, right here uh, behind the church. I graduated from North Little Rock. But, uh, so it's good to be here um, I knew nothing about the PCA growing up. We grew up at, uh, for a while in the Methodist Church, uh, helped start Good Shepherd, which uh, used to be out on Brockington. I think it finally um, uh, folded, and then we ended up at Fellowship Bible Church in North Little Rock. Uh, so uh, it's fun to see uh, this doc- these doctrines of grace that I knew nothing about as a kid uh, kind of coming to, to fruition and being planted uh, and growing and and, and, and gaining traction in central Arkansas. Uh, I was asked to, to come and talk about church planting specifically in central Arkansas and uh, asked Daryl if I could, could kind of organize my thoughts around uh, the history of church planting specifically in central Arkansas, but we're going to look a little more broadly uh, the vision for what the Central Arkansas Vision Committee, uh, which is a subcommittee of the Mission to North America, uh, uh, the vision of what we're wanting to see happen in central Arkansas, and then a little bit of, of why we want to see that happen and, and how we want to see that happen. So uh, as, we, as we think about church planting, I think as, as we uh, ask the question of why, how does this work, uh, some of these questions, I think it's important for us to step way, way back in history uh, to, to look at kind of this long view of church planting. So if we go all the way back to the book of Acts, uh, we see... Uh, some staggering numbers uh, when it comes to church planning. In Acts chapter 2, it says that uh, about 3,000 souls were added to their number in one day. Now, stop and think about that. That's more PCA people than there are in all of Arkansas uh, added in one day. Uh, And then, uh, as as you read on later in chapter 2, it says that that the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. So it wasn't just this one-time uh, Pentecostal event, but the gospel continued to go out and continued to bear fruit so that day by day the churches were growing. Then you, you read a little bit further in uh, to uh, Acts chapter 5, and it's, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 4, and it says that uh, about 5,000 men came to faith. Now, so probably the 3,000 that were added in one day were just men as well. So that number could easily uh, have been 6,000 or more. The 5,000 number could easily have been 10,000 or more. And, and we're just a couple chapters into the book of Acts at this point. Uh, and you say, well, okay, now, you know, I get it. You're excited about church planning. You're excited about the gospel. But let's not forget 
that this is a unique time in the life of the church where the Spirit is going out in, in this new and profound way and people are coming to faith in Christ left and right. Let's not pretend like planting churches in central Arkansas is going to look anything like this. And, and I would say, well, yes, of course, uh, what's happening in the book of Acts is a, is a unique time, a special time, but uh, that, that we're not in anymore. We're, we're not in the apostolic age in, in the sense that they were anymore, but it is the same God. It is the same God that has people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. It is the same Holy Spirit that is at work in your life, that was at work in the lives of these 8,000 plus people that came to faith in a very, very short period of time. It is the same God that, that has called us to do this work. And so let's fast forward uh, some 1,500 years uh, to see how when we're no longer in this same apostolic Pentecost age, uh, what did church planning look like uh, in, in another uh, flashpoint in history in, uh, in Calvin's Geneva? Well, in the 1550s, uh, the population of Geneva doubled with French refugees coming in. So this is, you know, when you see the population doubling, Ted, this is, this is what you can hope for. Uh, French refugees are coming in. They're, they're hearing this guy, this minister, John Calvin, preaching the gospel, and they're overwhelmed with the grace of Jesus Christ. They're overwhelmed with the good news, and, and they're stirred to return to France and preach the gospel to all of their families and friends and neighbors that they had left in France to, to, to return to this place that they had fled as refugees to preach the gospel. One statistic that I heard from, I believe it was Frank James in a tape that he did uh, called The Calvin I Never Knew, uh, said that as, as, as Calvin began training missionaries and sending them back to France, the average lifespan once they crossed into France was six months. Six months before they're killed for preaching this Protestant gospel of grace in Catholic France. But here's what it looked like. As people were going back, by 1555, they had planted five churches in France. A church a year, if, if we extract the, the time as long as we could. Five churches. By 1559, four more years, a hundred churches in France. By 1562, three more years, 2,000 churches had been planted out of Geneva in France. 2,000 churches in a matter of 12 years. We get what we seem, what we feel like are, are these glorious visions of, of 20 churches by 2020. 2,000 churches in 12 years. Do you see? Yes, again, I get it. I get it. It's the Reformation, Kevin. Big things are happening. It's, it's one of perhaps the most significant thing in church history since Pentecost. Look, I get that. Same God, same Holy Spirit calling people to go preach the gospel. Same powerful message of salvation through grace, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's all the same on that end. We don't need to let our expectations fall out as if it's a different God, as if it's a different gospel. 
as if it's a different Holy Spirit. And, and just so we know, the, these weren't micro churches, at least not all of them that were that were being planted. Uh, there, there's reports from the minister writing back to Geneva, and I'm not French. I don't know how to say these words. I'll, I'll try to, 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 you know, conjure my best, best French soldier in Monty Python, uh, uh, Bergerat. Uh, reports writing back that they were having four to 5,000 people in Sunday services. Another in Montpelier reports that they had to preach three sermons each Lord's Day to accommodate the five to 6,000 people that were coming to worship. In Toulouse, it was eight to 9,000 people that were coming to hear the gospel proclaimed and worship the true and living God. If we just take the smaller numbers, that's 17,000 people in three churches gathering to worship God. There were 1,997 other churches that had been planted. Let's assume that there's only 100 other people in each of those churches. That's another nearly 200,000 people that had been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ in 12 years. Do we understand that when we talk about the history of church planting, when we talk about the God on whose mission we are, that that's the God we're talking about. That, that's him. That's what he does if he so wills. He blows the doors off of places. While ministers are being killed within six months of being sent out. And it wasn't just to France that, that Geneva, bear in mind it's the 1500s, you couldn't get on Travelocity and, and book a flight anywhere. They were also sending missionaries to Italy, to the Netherlands, to Hungary, to Poland, to Rhineland, and as far away as Brazil in the 1550s. I, I, I didn't even know they knew Brazil existed at that point. And they're sending missionaries to Brazil, months-long journeys just to get there so they can go and preach the gospel in these faraway lands. John Stark, in a article where, where a lot of this information comes from that was posted on the Gospel Coalition site in 2012 said church planning and missions aren't a byproduct of the young reformed resurgence of the last decade but something embedded in the Reformation's God-centered commitment to advancing the gospel. This is in our blood because Christ is in us. And he came to save the world. He came to deliver his people from their sin. And he, and he gave us the task of announcing this life-giving message to the world. To the world. So we zoom in and fast forward. The, the numbers aren't as, as staggering, but still, they're encouraging. Especially when you look at the, at the PCA, which has been a very evangelistically driven denomination. It's been a very uh, active denomination in church planting. 
in Covenant Presbytery has been one of the, the more active presbyteries. That's our presbytery. For those of you who don't know, it covers, the, at this point, the northern third of Mississippi, the western quarter of Tennessee, all of Arkansas, and, and a sliver of southwest Missouri from Oklahoma over uh, to just past Springfield, all of those counties in southwest Missouri. In the last 20 years, we've planted 21 churches in Covenant Presbytery. There are four active plants right now in Covenant Presbytery. Salome Springs, Fayetteville, where Hunter Bailey is, uh, Hope Celine, where Chris Treat is, and uh, in uh, Horn Lake, Mississippi, where Mike Weinbrenner is. Four current active church plants in our presbytery. Three of those are in Arkansas. There's a handful of replants happening, including Hope Hot Springs. If we look just at Arkansas, kind of zooming our focus in a little bit, of the 11 active churches currently in Arkansas, all of them were church plants. Every one of them. Not, not one of them transferred in in 73 when the denomination formed. They were all planted. They were all the presbytery sending people out to plant a church. And this is where we are today. If we look at central Arkansas, of course, there's Covenant in Little Rock. There's Northside, now Trinity Fellowship. There's Covenant in Hot Springs, which is being replanted as Hope Hot Springs. There's Christ Church Conway. And there's Hope Celine, which is a plant that Chris Treat is leading the charge on. And there's plans for others. Y'all talked about plants out of here. And talked about what would that look like. And are asking the question, hey, what do we do? What does this look like? How do, how do we make this happen? There's other, another church plant that's being kind of planned and, and formulated and thought through for Little Rock. There's other thoughts. And, and Christchurch Conway has, has dreams of seeing other churches in Conway. And churches in Valonia. And churches in Greenbrier. And churches in Mayflower and, and, and the churches in central Arkansas are, getting, uh, are, are beginning to realize that, wait a minute, we serve this God who brought 8,000 people plus to himself in a matter of probably months. We serve this God who, brought, who, who planted some 2,000 churches in a matter of 12 years. This is the God we serve. This is the gospel we preach. The gospel that, that Ezekiel preached to a literal valley of dry bones and caused life to come into them. This is what we preach. That's the power in what we preach. Do we get that? Do we get that? How do we plant churches? We, we announce this life-giving message. Fundamentally, that's it. Yes, there's all kinds of logistical things. We announce the life-giving message. My evangelism professor, Dr. Elias Medeiros, one of the loudest, most excitable people I've ever known. If any of y'all know him, uh, I mean, the class that we sat in had an I-beam that supported the roof. And he would get to going, and, and the resonance of his voice, somehow, this I-beam, you would start hearing this, it was this, his voice and this I-beam somehow synced up. And like the class 
move to the edges of the room. Uh, but he would tell us in evangelism, he said, look, we, we, had, we, were, we were charged, like our, our assignment was we had to do some kind of active evangelism. So I don't care if you go to prisons, I don't care if you knock on doors, I don't care what you do, but this is what you have to do. You have to tell the story. And he would say that all the time, tell the stories, my brothers, all the time. Tell the story. See, that, as, as weird as it is, that's what we have. We've got a story to tell. We don't have a system to work. We don't have a product to sell. We've got, we don't even really have some grand vision. We've got a story of a Jewish dude who was fully God, fully man, and died for his people that we may have life. That's what we got. The glory is. It's all we need. It's all we need. So, we talk about the vision of, of what the Central Arkansas Vision Committee is wanting to do in Central Arkansas. We're wanting to see more churches planted. I mean, at the most basic level, that's it. We want to see Central Arkansas. Here's how we define Central Arkansas in, in the most simple terms, because I can't name all the counties. If you think of Pulaski County and every county that touches it, plus Garland County, because, you know, somebody's got to love it. So... <laughs> Pulaski County, every county that touches it, and Garland County. We want to see churches planted in all those areas. So this includes places like North Little Rock. Now, I'm going to step on toes. I grew up in Sherwood. I graduated from North Little Rock High School. This is not a North Little Rock church. It's a Sherwood church. We can celebrate that. It's a great thing. Sherwood needs the gospel. I went to North Little Rock. I transferred to North Little Rock High School for a reason. Okay? My brother graduated from... Sherwood needs the gospel. Sylvan Hills needs the gospel. Kellogg Acres needs the gospel. There's no PCA church in North Little Rock. Mall Mel. There's one, one in Little Rock. In Little Rock. I showed up to, to Jackson, Mississippi. I went to Reform Theological where Ted went a few years after him. I showed up. People were like, oh, where are you going to go to church? I'm like, well, I'm going to go to the PCA church. Well, which one? Well, we're living in Clinton, so I'll go to the one, or, or we're living in, I'll go to the one in Jackson. Which one? What do you mean, which one? There's like a bajillion. I mean, you... Pick. There's one in Little Rock. Same size city as Jackson, Mississippi. Within like 10,000, I think. One PCA church in Little Rock. Like, there's more in Jackson than there are in Arkansas, I believe. There's room, y'all. There's room for more. And it's not like Jackson doesn't have a whole lot of other churches, too. There's a whole bunch of Baptists down there also. There's a whole bunch of Pentecostals down there and Assemblies of God. And there's room to Ted's point. There's people dying and having to, to stand under, under the, the wrath of God on their own merit. In Sherwood, 
in North Little Rock, in Maumelle, in Little Rock, in Central Arkansas. Having to bear the wrath of God based on their performance because they know nothing of Jesus Christ. There's room. And so what the, the vision committee wants to do is, is, as we think about this, we want to be strategic in where we go. And, and one of the ideas that we have batted around in, in thinking about how we plan, this is something that M&A is, is thinking about for, for presbytery-wide, is going to places that we talk about being broken and barren. Here's what I mean by that. Places that, that there's a, by, by barren, places that, where there's a void of the doctrines of grace. Where there's not, it's not that there's no gospel being preached, but let's be honest. PCA for a reason. We, we think there's something to this Reformed theology thing. We think there's something to justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, as he's revealed in Scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. We think there's something to that. We want to go to places that aren't hearing that. What are the parts of, of Little Rock? Where if you started talking about this stuff, it would be like no one had ever heard it before. What are the communities that the PCA doesn't traditionally even try to reach into? What are the cities where, where there's not church planners lining up to go? See, here's the thing with church planting that on the one hand is fantastic, on the other hand is frustrating. Church planting in the last 10 years, for any number of, of reasons, it, it, has, it has followed the pattern in, in our broader culture where, where being an entrepreneur has been the cool thing. But church planting in ministry has become like the sexy, cool thing. Like, oh, he's a church planter. Ah. He, he's like, Phew. it's like the entrepreneur. It's the startup guy. And the church has just followed suit with that being cool. No one's lining up to plant churches in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. 60, 70,000 people there. No reform presence. I've been there. I've, I've talked to people. I, I know at least what, what some of the churches are preaching. And quite frankly, it's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. No one's lining up. Man, you can't find a, a space to plant another church in Argenta. The cool parts. It's not a line. We could immediately step to the front of the line. It's like when you go to a theme park and everybody's at this ride and you realize, wait, that ride's just as fun and there's no one in the line. You just get to walk in and you can ride it over and over. That's Pine Bluff with church planting. And there's people there. I've met them. I've, I've, I've had Bible study. There's people there that are hungry for the gospel. That's why Chris Treat went to Saline County. He's from there. He knows what they're getting. He knows, he knows their theological diet. He wanted to go and announce grace to them. There's room. There's room for this. More than that, there's a need for this. So when we talk about barren, we're looking at those places where, where people aren't hearing that. When we talk about broken, we're talking about these sections of our community where not only are they overlooked by churches and, and by the gospel, but they're just overlooked by society in general. Where life is hopeless. Again, it's easy to point to Pine Bluff. It's a hard city to live in. Very hard city to live in. Regularly challenging places like Detroit 
for having the highest crime rate. And we've, we've got the hope that they long for, that we long for. And that's what the Central Arkansas Vision Committee wants to see happen. We want to see the gospel of Jesus Christ, this, this hope-giving gospel, this life-giving gospel, this sin-canceling gospel, go out to people that need it. When you read through the Old Testament, it becomes very apparent very quickly that God has ears that are, that are uniquely tuned to the cries of the oppressed. We, we want to see the PCA being the ones going to these people saying, yes, your heavenly father has heard you. Here's Jesus. Here's hope. Here's life. Here's forgiveness. And so then, so that's our vision. One of the things that we're wanting to do with this, one of the ideas that we have, that we have had uh, is, uh, and, and none of us have pulled it off yet. Chris Treat, actually, he did. Uh, none of the rest of us have. But one of the ideas that we have had is, is churches calling an intern, a church planning intern, somebody that, that is ready to be ordained, has been through seminary, all that. And so if, if uh, Trinity Fellowship were to do this, say, okay, we, we want to see a church planted in... X. We'll say Maumel just for fun. We want to see a, plant, a church planted in Maumel. Calling a church planting intern for a year, saying, here's the deal, church planting intern. Your job is to buy a house or rent a house in Maumel, to live in Maumel, to get to know the people in Maumel, to make friends in Maumel, to love the people in Maumel, to pray for the people in Maumel, to begin gathering a group of people from Maumel, to tell the people from Maumel about Jesus for a year. Your job isn't to be the assistant pastor here. We might have you preach if Mike's gone, but your job's not to be the assistant pastor and run small groups here. And in a year, we'll evaluate. And if there's a group there that's ready to go, let's go. If not, we'll try somewhere else. We'll shake the dust off our sandals and go somewhere else. So making these year commitments to church planning interns that are attached to a church, they have resources and, and help from that church when they need it, but they're committed to, to a specific target area to announce the gospel. We would love to see that. We would love to see every, you know, Hope Church, Hot Springs, Saline County, Trinity Fellowship, Christ Church Conway, Covenant, Little Rock. If we all had interns living somewhere for a year, what that means is that a year from now, there would likely be five churches being planted in central Arkansas. And you say, oh, that's too simple. That's too much. 8,000, 200,000, same God, same Holy Spirit, same gospel, same power. That's what we're wanting to see happen. That's what we're praying for. Nothing short of revival. 
Why? Well, to, to repeat what Ted said, because I can't say it any better. Because North America is the fourth largest mission field in the world. And we are uniquely equipped to reach it because it doesn't cost anything to walk across the street and meet your neighbor. But for these conservative African Episcopal churches that are sending missionaries here, because they are, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars that they're expending to reach the people that live 100 feet from us. We're uniquely equipped as Christians in North America to reach North America. There's numerous studies that show that church planting is, is one of the most effective ways of reaching the lost. It's easy to, to have this church culture mentality to say, okay, I don't, you know, this church is established. I, I, I won't fit in there. I can't walk in there like I am. And, and, and it's hard to get people through the doors. But when there's not the 30-year history that a church may have or 80-year or 100-year or history that a church may have and it's some dude that you met at, at U.S. Pizza or at Shotgun Dan's or, or, where, or in the pickup line at Sherwood Elementary or wherever saying, hey, what do you do? Oh, well, I, I moved here to start a church. Well, where does your church meet? Well, well, right now it doesn't. I'm just kind of meeting people. You want to go grab lunch sometime? See, those relationships are far easier. And so church planning oftentimes becomes one of the most effective ways to reach the lost. So why are we wanting to do this? Not simply to give reformed people another option. We want to see the lost come to faith in Christ. We, we want to see our neighbors who face bearing God's wrath on their merit. United to Christ. And him bearing God's wrath in their place. That's what we want to see. That's what motivates us. That, that's why we're doing this. Because from a historical perspective, planting churches is in our blood. And so we want to do that. And so what are we, how are we trying to do this? Well, as I said earlier, the, the Central Arkansas Vision Committee, which the, the bulletin said I was the chairman of. I'm not. I'm just the loudest guy there that talks more. Tim Reed, the gentleman of Central Arkansas, um, is the, he's, he's the chairman. I'm just loud and cranky. Um, but we're a subcommittee of M&A. And, and so we're working with m and 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 one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to raise a lot of money because it costs money to send church planners out. It costs money to send missionaries out. It just does. I mean, you know, we've got lots of kids, and they've all got to eat, and that costs money. And so we're trying to, to raise money, not from, from churches, but from individuals to say, you know what? I'm in. I, 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 I'm with you. Let's go. Because I can tell you in the PCA, hey, come to Arkansas and plant a church. Not necessarily the best calling card. I mean, 
It's a hard sell if you're not from here. It just is. And, we, and our Kansans like to keep it that way because we don't like people generally and we want our state small and we want the natural state and you, thanks for visiting, go home, you know, and great. We've got, let me give you an example. Jonesboro, Arkansas, a city of I think around 80,000 people, a great city, all kinds of culture, really cool place, a university there, huge kind of professional, like growing population. There's $60,000 sitting in the bank for a church plant in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We can't find anybody. We've interviewed and interviewed and interviewed, and, and, and M&A, before I was even part of it, has been interviewing guys. We can't find anybody. So for that one, we've got money. We, we need a guy. We need someone that goes, yeah, Jonesboro, hey, I'll jump in. Let's do it. So pray for that. Pray for someone with the vision for Jonesboro. Pray for money or write a check. I do not mind asking people for money. Write checks with lots of zeros to MA Covenant Presbytery. And then pray for someone with a vision for some place like Pine Bluff or some godforsaken place like North Little Rock or Southwest Little Rock or Downtown Little Rock or Mayflower or Cabot, or Valonia, or Jacksonville, or Greenbrier, or Whitehall. We serve the same God that we've already told stories about. We don't suffer from anything but our own cynicism about whether the gospel is really effective or not. And so, y'all are at a unique place asking questions about, hey, how do we do this? What can we do? There's so much. There's so much that we'd, we'd love to talk with you about. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray that as we think about the gospel going out, as we think about the power of the gospel, that this story you've given us really does matter. That it's the same story that was told in churches all over France. It's the same story that was told in churches all over Israel. That it's the same Holy Spirit at work now as then. That you're the same God. With, with the exact same number of people that you desire to come to yourself through the preaching of your word. From every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation. Father, I pray that you would give us a vision for what you could do. That we would get beyond simply thinking about what we're capable of within reason. we would just sit back faithfully proclaiming the gospel with the full expectation that it's effective and watch you work we ask for such faith 
Christ's name.